decoding is a huge subject and there's different ways of coming at this. Uh, the pro-noia, pro-noia. I've got an episode all about that. Deconstructing, coming out of domestication, decoding. I like also this concept and frame of decolonizing. Decolonizing our minds. Decolonizing the way we do things is a lot like deconstruction or decoding. So the the problem comes in with people in decoding practices when they blame. So I've got this oppression and I'm going to blame this person or this system. The best decoding work is done through owning both the colonist and the one who was decolonized, the oppressed and the oppressor, that's shadow integration. That's how shadow works is we own it from both sides and we become the container of the whole thing. So if you really want to do shadow work, if you really want to integrate shadow, if you really want to change the world, if you want to be making right action, taking right action, having action be utilized in the world, that's the biggest uh, container you can have is the one who owns all of the dynamic. You come out of the, the, the polarized position, the small identity that way, if, if you get to container and instead of identifying with yourself, say I'm a white woman and all of the things that come with white womanness, and then all of the oppressors of woman and all of the uh, unconscious patterns of whiteness and white womanness and all of that stuff. Those are all real. I'm not saying to throw all of that away. I'm saying, however, to own that and also whatever oppresses that, whatever is seen as perpetrator, villain, something that's on the other side of that. So that's how a decoder works. That's how we decolonize is to not only come out of, let's say, for example, the, the colonized beauty standard. A colonized beauty standard would have, uh, I you know, it's changed a lot in the beauty industry and in the fashion industry. We see so much more variation in size and skin tone and all of that but if we if we just use it as a an example youth whiteness or light skinnedness and um thin thin bodies small bodies uh have the have had the corner on beauty now that's a that's a current dynamic that isn't the way it's always been in fact, honoring elders has been probably the more historical position than in recent times. It's so funny how everything flips in Kali Yuga, in the Age of Coral. Everything, everything that we used to honor and hold as sacred turns into the thing we're trying to... Uh, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of things like elderhood, you know, elderhood is sacred and 
and the most honored and the most protected thing in in eras that were more psycho-spiritually healthy. So in order to come out of a colonized beauty standard, we have to both own the uh, part of ourselves that's been scrambling to try to live up to that in some way, sort of like, uh, you know, the the pursuit of beauty is just it's a bazillion dollar industry um so we have to do that and then we also have to own up to the fact that we're participating in it i mean if you participate in in and kind of in a lazy way continuing to perpetuate without stalking decoding and integrating the shadow around that then you're the villain. The, 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 those of us who do that, we are the villain. We are, if we continue to point the finger out there at corporations or, you know, fashion magazines or fashion designers or models or anybody who perpetuates it in the industry without owning the fact that we're participating by even, even that quiet undervoice, that inner voice that says, oh, I'm fat. That's a participation if it's not contained and owned as shadow. So um, so the work is to deconstruct, decode, decolonize. And that means effort. That mean that's what that's what the word karma means is action. So we effort, we make an effort towards, we heat up. Uh, that's the word tapas in Sanskrit. We heat up the situation. We cook it. We 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 work. And as a stalker, as a shadow stalker, I'm I'm you know there's a lot of layers to this metaphor of of eating something and you know stalking, eating, digesting, um, psychologically digesting all of the content here, you know, it takes time. So this is why I always talk about a slow, dedicated, sober daily practice of self-study and decoding work and stalking work. We do this. We take our time. If you want to know how to do that, get my course, Shadow Stalking 101, or work with a coach and learn how to make your life about decoding and decolonizing so the other thing is it's like a hall of mirrors we can get tripped up and think oh, okay now I'm decolonized I'm, I'm supposed to just be wild well no we're supposed to be in the world and working within the world just not believing that whatever bondage we have been in or however we have domesticated ourselves is something that's true or permanent or something in order to be liberated, in order to be free, you have to believe it's possible. You have to believe that you're not stuck in this system. You're not um, in bondage to this system. You're not beholden to this system. So what else can you decolonize? Can you decolonize the way you've traded time and energy with people? Has it only been through money? Has it been through, um, you know, buying something or um, selling something? Has it only been through coercion and manipulation? Is there, is there a part of your life where you feel like you're 
sort of par- living parasitically off other people, either like a vampire, like um, taking people's time by complaining and rejecting their help, or are you, um, you know, literally living off of people and not contributing? Uh, even children, even really young children can contribute to the healthy system of a family um, by doing chores and, you know, all of that stuff. So, so you, you, we can, if you, if that was interrupted in you, your ability to contribute and you find yourself sort of going for ease and comfort and, and just sort of like finding ways of escapism and, and feeling better all the time. Maybe it's drugs and alcohol. Maybe it's just a, a dependency on a substance that you use in order to feel better. Um, you know, this is all the stuff to attend to that you can work on during your decoding work and your decolonizing work. You know, the, the colonist as an archetypal force is really a, um, important thing to stock. It's this idea of, of moving forward into space and, you know, manifest destiny, taking what I want, um, uh, having what I want. And so you can own the colonist in just maybe practices of, of using resources, um, wastefully, you know, wait, being, wasting your time, wasting your energy, wasting, um, creating waste that isn't renewable, like great compost. Um, how do you use your water? Do you think about water? Do you, consider and and okay so let me just back up for a second here because I don't want us to bog down in self-hatred around this stuff a lot of times what happens is when we start to decode and we start to get how unconscious we've been we we collapse into self-judgment or self-hatred like oh my gosh I've been so unconscious I've just been in avoidance I've been using resources I haven't been doing renewable and it becomes the kind of virtue signaling it, it's it it the wind gets knocked out of our sails and then we actually don't have an ability to take right action there's no good use of self-blame or blaming other people so if you find yourself bogging down and well I just don't know what to do I'm powerless because the world is already you know heating up and there's a big garbage patch in the ocean and I have no power that's that's an excuse. That's an, a, that's a way to just avoid taking right action and making your contribution. So again, that's, that's the easy way out. It doesn't, it doesn't help to go into a story of powerlessness, no matter how oppressed or trapped you feel right now the story that you're powerless is part of the colonized mind. It's very easy and very possible to admit to unconsciousness, to being colonized, to even having racist uh, ways of being in the world, bigoted ways of being in the world without collapsing into self-blame and a disempowered state. It's very easy to just go... I'm unconscious to a lot of stuff, probably 90% of the things that I'm acting in. I'm unconscious. I do unconscious things all the time. I can't believe how quickly 
my middle finger comes up in the car sometimes. It's like, <laughs> it's so not, um, it's so unconscious. So whether I'm justified or not in that action, you know, it's so unconscious and so quick. And, you know, it's like I'm I'm letting the other car know what I think about them. Um, you know, I know that this is a, a place for my work. I get sort of justice seeking. I'm, I'm one of those, you know, I'll stand in and I'll save the day kind of thing, you know, in, in situations. So I know that that's, that's not necessarily an evolved part of self, although the culture seems to like so-called heroes or rescuers. Um, yeah, I'm aware of it. It's easy for me to admit it. I have an unconscious attitude uh, when there's a trigger up. I don't have to hide that. And it's something that I have processed. I've even come out of blaming myself for that thing. Like I used to think, oh, that's so dangerous to, you know, let crazy car drivers know that I think their driving is really bad. What if they have road rage? I, I even kind of have let go of that, um, aspect of it, but, you know, without bogging down too much in that per in personal process, I can even feel as I talk about it, the confusion, like there's so much here, you know, and driving, I've said this before, driving is the place where you're going to really find out where your spiritual growth is at. Not when you go sit oming in your yoga class, you're, you're going to find out who you really are when you're confronted with the people that you think are bad <laughs> or the the villains, the bankers, the uh, hedge funders, the cruddy people. When you encounter people that you really dislike, have distaste for, you're going to find exactly where your spiritual work is. So, um, so my suggestion here is to do kind of what I'm doing right now, which is to own it as even though there's a there's a sense of righteousness in myself while well, I'm doing the right thing and they're doing the wrong thing, or these are clearly bad people. I mean, I've got evidence, you know, I've got a I've got other people think they're bad too, not just me. I mean, all all, all of us over here in the left wing think those right wing people are bad. Whatever it is. You know, just own it that, okay, if I have anything cast as a problem, the, the colonizer, that's some work for me to do. Now, there's a caveat here. If you start telling other people, and here I am doing it right now, giving giving instruction on how to do this. But if you do this in an in a situation that is unwanted, like you're, you have the right to turn this episode off right now. But if you're in a situation where you think you're going to school other people in how to do something and they are not asking for that, like they're not, they're not coming to your decolonizing your mind seminar, but they're just like your family members and friends and, and, and whatever, if you're out doing that, you know, that's a good place to bring it back home. If you're an, a reactivist is what I call it, if your work is out there just sort of shout, shouting from the mountaintops who, who's to blame in the world, you know, this is the place where you want to kind of turn it around and start really 
owning. I mean, there's so much to my driving metaphor, like cars. I mean, we're all in a um, compromised position just driving because of the stress. So from witness, I can just contain it and understand how some of that dynamic works. So that's how you come out of colonization. That's how you decode, is you get out of your personal position and you get into a bigger container so that you can start seeing the whole dynamic from outer space, really, from like as if you're witnessing and containing this whole beautiful earth with a loving agenda to bring real action, real right action to whatever unconsciousness and shadow might be happening here. In recent weeks, there's been a little flurry of appreciation for this podcast and for specific episodes. And I've had a few people ask how they can contribute. And like I've said many times on these, these episodes are my seva. They're my contribution. They are my chi donation. And so they're always going to be free. And if you want to do something for me, share the episode, share the podcast. You can also buy my course, Shadow Stalking 101. But, you know, this thing of uh, giving back, you can pay it forward. You know, you can also, um, if you really feel like donating actual cash, you can do that to an organization that you really care about, maybe that you haven't really been ready to donate to, or you can donate your time, donate your own chi, and that is like giving back to me. The chi cycle is something that we're all very connected with, and so any contribution you make out there, and if you want it to be specifically towards me, you know, write me a review, share my episodes, and, you know, make it more directly uh, impacting my listeners. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Melissa Meter, and this is the Synchrosoma Podcast. Remember to subscribe. Find me at Instagram at Synchrosoma. My email is synchrosoma at gmail.com and on the web, synchrosoma.com. Thank you for listening to the Synchrosoma Podcast. I'm Melissa Meter, and you can find me here each week with another journey into the known, the unknown, and the worlds in between. If you'd like to get in touch and find out more about what I do, coaching and courses, contact me at synchrosoma at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram at synchrosoma. See you next time. Organically Grown on Podcast Farm.